Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. COVID-19 took down our team captain Neil Fusco this week with numbers continuing to rise and our big race, the Antrim Coast Half Marathon, just six weeks away. Catching the dreaded virus might not be inevitable, but some kind of bump in the road might be. Today on Irishman Running Abroad, Ireland's greatest track and field athlete of all time, my coach and yours, Sonia O'Sullivan, gets stuck into navigating those tricky routes back from the point where your reserves are tested while the clock is still ticking. The urge might be to rush back from an illness, niggle or nick or wobble. Well, Sonia's here to help you avoid this common error, get you thinking right and visualising the outcome you want from whatever race you might have on the horizon, give you, as usual, a few indispensable training tips. Our squad captains, Neil and Ashling, will join us on the live line to discuss their week's training and what they are seeing among the squad, who were last week told to take it handy by Sonia. She said, enjoy a bit of a down week before the final push. Well, Sonia, it is great to have you on the line just hours before your athletes take part in the World Championships 1500 meter final. How is it going in Oregon? It feels must feel for you like a month has passed since we last spoke. Yeah, I mean, the time it once the championships get started, it just seems to go by so quickly. Mm. And then you lose, you start to lose track of the days as well. So, um, yeah, good thing I kind of remembered that it's the start of a new week for us as well this week. <laughs> um, as we were coming to the end of um, our week four easy week, uh, relatively easy week or down week. Um, but actually the Sunday run I thought was, I did it myself this morning and it was, it was tough enough. I do have a great story about my run this morning. Okay. Uh, I was running on the Amazon Trail and it goes up to the base of some mountains. And then I was running up a few hills and I was running up the hill and I met some people coming down. And they said to me, oh, um, so they stopped me and they said, oh, there's a mom, a mother bear and her cubs not oh. far up the trail. <laughs> I said, really? <laughs> <laughs> like it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they said, um, yeah, they said, um, there's, there's a few other people gone up, so it's probably okay. And I thought, I'm thinking, what oh, photo opportunity? <laughs> Let's go get a picture of a, <laughs> a <bear>. selfie. <laughs> <laughs> so I kept going, and then I said to one fella, I said, "How far up are they?" And he said, "Well, they're they're kind of minding their own business, and you know, if you just run past, you'll be fine." He said they were they were kind of moving off the trail, and I think one of the baby bears was climbing up a tree or something. And of course, I never saw the bears at all. I ran. Oh, he said to me, "Oh, they're right at the top of the long climb," and I'm thinking, "Oh, this means I have to go all the way to the top now." <laughs> find these bears and it was no bears <laughs> they oh, maybe no. phantom bears i think so i was disappointed but at least i know they're out there <laughs> yeah Which is, is there, it, was it, that a warning they were giving you or was it literally a yes, case of well yeah the first people were definitely warning me and then the, then they kind of said yeah but there's other people gone up there so you know just just to be aware yeah. uh, but i'd never i would never have thought about that you know so close to the town like it's not yeah. very far from the town right near like to get onto this trail you had to run through some houses and uh, apparently they're up there 
Well, I watched the uh, marathon, of course. I also saw your your guy, Fred Curley, your favourite, absolutely oh, yeah. smash it in the 100. Mm-hmm. 9.86 seconds, a ridiculous time. But the marathon really gives you a sense of how small Eugene is. It's a tiny town, isn't it? It's very small. But now the town that they were running around in the marathon was actually Springfield. Oh, OK. And I think it's Springfield's like... The Simpsons Springfield, as <laughs> yeah. far as I, I, I have a feeling this is, you know, there's a Springfield everywhere. Yes. But I think this is the one. Well, they did a few laps of the route of the marathon was a few laps. And then they also ran on the bike path. But the surprising thing about the marathon this morning was that it was very cold. As I asked Nick, I sent him a message and asked him if he was out there watching it. And he was. Meanwhile, I was upstairs here, you know, watching it on the live stream and having my coffee, <laughs> waking up. Because it started at 6.15 a.m. in the morning. Wow. And, um, an but yeah, he, he, he said to me, it's, it's very cold out. So that was, I suppose that was, they were happy about that, the yeah. runners. Um, but, you know, it was a bit of a surprise. A lot of them would have prepared expecting it to be hot. Mm. And it, uh, as a race itself, it turned into it turned into something that people weren't expecting. And similarly, I guess you were looking at the 1500 semis and trying to predict something that could go any direction in the final with Sinclair and Jessica Hull uh, taking part. What's the vibe there at the moment, Sonia? And what do you what do you say to the girls? I watched Jessica's uh, interview after uh, her first race and she talked about being more businesslike. Is that something that you've talked about? Is that a thing that you, you're going into about keeping it very regimented and businesslike? This is matter of fact about these races? Um, not really, no. I mean, I'm sure like they probably do think about it like that or they can think about it like that. But, you know, our, our thing was really just to take it one race at a time. And, you know, you don't ever really talk about the final until you're certain that you're in there. Mm. Um, so it was fabulous last night to watch it. I was able to get a seat about 50 metres down the back straight um, in there with a few Irish people, which was fabulous. It's amazing how you can be in such a big stadium and so many people and you actually bump into people that you know. <laughs> yeah. And so I was because I was trying to find a seat to sit and you're, you're kind of the, the thing that we have here is we have these passes so you can get around the place, but you're not guaranteed a seat. Hmm. Um, and so the athletes and the coaches are all wandering around looking for a seat. So you can get a seat if the seat's not filled, obviously. But then you're looking for ones that are easy to get in and out of. So you're looking for something, you know, that you can just drop down and sit in quick. Um, because you're never sitting there for long. You're always running around doing something. And so I'm dipping in and out of the stands trying to figure out where I'm going to sit, right? As the, I think it was the men's 1500 heats run. And just landed right down the middle of the straight um, with some Irish. Um, Phelan Kelly, who, um, I don't know, have we, yeah, have we spoke to Phelan yet? Yeah. We haven't we spoken haven't to him, him yet, yet though. No. Yeah, no, we did talk about bringing Phelan on. So he coached Andrew Coscarin, who finished second in his heat last night and ran uh, his best time for the season. And he's going in the semi-final tonight. So that was pretty exciting. And then to be there, you know, re- you're really close. Um, the track is, the seats are very close to the track. So you're right there and you can see the athletes when they come out and do their few strides. And, you know, you can shout their name and occasionally some of them will look up and wave at you. Or not. So, yeah, it was, you know, when you watch the semifinals and having Jessica and uh, Sinclair in there, it's, it's, 
huge sense of relief when they make it to the final because yeah. then you can really start, then you can really start talking mm. about what you know they're going to do. And to be honest, I haven't even looked at the start list for the final yet because it's on it's on in about twenty more than twenty four hours away. So it's like thirty hours away. Oh, so, okay, right. Um, well, said it's on Monday night, so they get an extra day off between the semi final and the final. Um, so we get to have a look at that and you know see what's likely to happen in there. Um, you know, if there's anyone who's likely to take the pace out fast, most likely, you know, Sege or Face, um, Face, Kipi Agon. Oh, yeah, the double Olympic champ. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're eventually going to, you know, get it going, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but it just depends. But what we noticed in the, in the semifinals last night, also in the heats, is they look, seem to be kind of looking around, looking at each other. Mm. waiting for someone to take the first move and then rather than, you know, being determined to get out there and take the first move because, you know, I think if you can settle down for that first lap, then you really only have to go hard for, you know, 1,100 metres rather than 1,500 metres. Um, yeah, so then, and then everybody else, I suppose, finds their spot after that and where they're going to be it's, and how they, how they will be positioned. It's very exciting. Uh, I like I've loved every minute of it. I don't think I've been this invested in a championships ever. And the coverage hasn't been too bad over here in the UK. I don't know what it's like in Ireland, but uh, I was delighted to see the mixed relay team qualify for the final, even if the final didn't work out great. I let a few roars at the telly into a cushion here late at night uh, to will them on. So congratulations to them. But Sonia, I guess it's time to go to the live line and bring in our captains, Neil and Ashley. Talk to Jar on 1850 715 815. So let's get to it. The half marathon challenge, the road to Larne, week five starts here. First of all, Sonia, what do you have in store for us this week before we talk to Neil and Ashling? I have the plan in front of me. Can you walk us through it? Well, when I was writing it out this morning, I was I can't believe it's week five already. Crazy. The time is just flying by. I was writing it out as I was about to head out for my own little run this morning or long run with a bit of a fast section at the end, which, you know, because I'm eight hours behind everybody at this stage, it's always pressure on me to, you know, back <laughs> up and uh, <laughs> I can see you've all put in the work. Yeah. And so I have to match it. This week, we're kind of back into the, the regular routine again, um, probably a little bit extra miles or kilometers or whatever you like to call them. Um, going on this week and um, a couple of sessions as well. But I yeah. think this week now we should be feeling, you know, on top of things. I don't think it's like, it's not, I mean, it's never super hard if you do it one, take it one day at a time and you just break it down into that and you don't look too far ahead. I can remember when my coach, Alan Story, used to write out a plan for me when I was getting ready for races. And he'd ha he might have a two week plan as you were getting closer to the big races, but I would never look too far ahead. Because I didn't want to know what was coming because sometimes that can distract you from what you actually have to do now. Mm. So you just take it one day at a time or one session at a time and prepare yourself as best for that. And, you know, I think I think I saw like everybody really enjoyed the long runs and even the sessions last week. And one thing I was thinking about was if you try to remember, you know, what did you eat before that session? You know, what was it that made you feel good? so that you can carry that forward to, you know, maybe all the way to the race, but at least again to another session or another long run so that you can practice, you know, the, the timing of what you eat and what you actually eat and, um, and you know, 
that feeling if that's the thing that kind of I suppose reacts best to you. I'm sure there's many things work good for everybody, but sometimes you kind of latch on to something that you think, oh yeah, no, I felt really good after that. Now yeah, um, I'm going to yeah, do that again. No, I'm thinking of the I'm thinking of the very thing right now, which is a toasted bagel with peanut butter and Nutella on it. Pre <laughs> pre long run, absolute. <laughs> bliss uh, I, I think we should bring in Neil and Ashling to talk about this plan because they have it in front of them and if you're listening to this on patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad you'll have access to the exclusive plan but we can we can break it down Neil and Ashling, thank you so much for taking the time to do this Hey Jar, hey Sonia, all good, thanks. I, hey Neil. I think uh, Neil definitely had the most eventful week. Uh, Neil, you got, as I said at the top of the show, you got struck down with the COVID after your only night out, I believe, in an awful long time. Oh, an awful, awful long time. Yeah, I did indeed. Oh, sure, second infection. You think it would come through uh, kids or my wife's a doctor, but no, no, one night out in four months, but better, better now than the week of the race. Yeah, whereas Ashling, you had much more of a, a a proper down week. You you did the runs to a T, absolutely nailed them. Picked yourself up a set of vapor flies and got to enjoy them on the Sunday run. Yeah, I did. Yeah, they were. I did so many new things on the r- long run today. I don't know if I should have. And then I forgot the twenty minutes hard at the end. So I am still kicking myself because I was still busy with my vapor flies and gels. And <laughs> with the vapor flies, you were probably going hard the whole way. Exactly, exactly. Mm. That's what Neil said. Cause Flying you're, around there. Well, Ashling's pace, if people have been following her on Strava, has gone through the ceilings. In some way, Sonia, uh, this thing that you talked about last week about training both the body and the mind to be disciplined i found that that was one of the big challenges this week especially with the big fresh bouncy legs on you after a down week was to actually to curb it to actually pull the reins and hold it back even though the legs wanted to really go for it yeah well that i suppose that can happen i mean you can go both ways um i know even the girls here when they were getting ready for the 1500s they would have had a down week before that as well a taper kind of week and um sometimes you can feel worse you know doing less so it just kind of depends you know how you are i suppose but if you put on those new shoes you're definitely <laughs> likely to get some light feet and uh, new energy <laughs> but yeah. actually you'll, you'll have to like you'll have to keep them for special occasions now you don't have to wear them out before the event <laughs> i know i was already disappointed that the rest might be dirty it's not <laughs> <laughs> that's 100 percent the way i am about them you got to kind of polish them when you get home but this is a good question sonia that you you raise here and a few people have asked this so the breakdown for this week is a well-earned break on monday and then essentially the same long run nearly that you prescribed for Sunday again on Tuesday is there is there any yeah. reason for that it and round it, again very quick <laughs> yeah I, I I did look at that and my eye I kind of rubbed my eyes like a cartoon character when I saw it, it was like <laughs> another 90 minute progression run on Tuesday I do that on Sunday um is this is this again to do that thing that you've talked about which is to just get us used to running at that half marathon pace. Yeah, well, the thing is that you go to do it again, and I think you figure out how to start off not so fast, and then you pick a point where you've got to pick up the pace and find your way home. And the idea is that you've actually, you don't go faster, but you actually get better at going the same pace. Okay, okay. So, so you when, practicing. 
the same pace all over again. Okay, so Wednesday is a cross-training day, and I don't know, Ashling and Neil, if you found this, but there's a cross-training day written in last week, and truth be told, Sonia, it's the first time I actually went, right, I'm going to do it this week, and I booked in 40 minutes of yoga. Uh, I did 30, and I was in ribbons <laughs> of dread. <laughs> I was never so short, sore. My shoulders were in tatters. But honest to God, I felt like a new man 48 hours later. I know that you had a bit of a gym session yourself, Sonia, with Raven Rogers that left you in a similar position. Is This, this is something that a lot of people will be afraid of doing, right? Because they think it's going to hurt their running if they leave themselves sore from the gym. But it have what you did and what I did there is that precisely the way you want to feel at the end of it yeah I mean I think it's you're you're using muscles that you don't normally use and the thing is if you are maybe you're using them but you're not using them properly um, right. you know you're a bit kind of being a bit more specific when you're in the gym and doing things a bit more isolated so even though I wasn't doing like any huge big weights or anything like I kind of stepped out when it came to doing cleans and you know, <laughs> yeah. um, box jumps and stuff like that. I thought, no, that's beyond me now. Um, but, you know, she was on the friggin' express gym session and myself and Craig Engels were tagging along, keeping her company, but also trying to keep up, you know, because, yeah. you know, you, you might as well do it while you're there. And when, you know, there's just a couple of you there, there's always the time to say, you know, am I doing this right or how should I do this? And all of a sudden, when you do things correctly, that's when you start to feel a few more aches and pains because it's actually as much as the gym is good for you it's actually hard work as well and it, it does make you ache and feel sore that the next day and and even the day after um i think the day after i went and i did a few things which jessica and um ella donahue were doing some outdoor gym session and i thought i'll join in there now and if i back it up you know there's nothing better than you know going again it's <laughs> Try and iron out the swords. Yeah, well, uh, obviously that was off the table for you, Neil. And my question for you was, uh, which was harder, the symptoms or that feeling of just FOMO? Uh, as you looked at the squad there on Strava, I know there's plenty of other people in the squad and plenty of other listeners to the show who are listening specifically looking for guidance on how to return from covid I mean, what was this week like for you and how much do you have to now resist the urge to race back? Oh, it's so strong. To be honest, if I'm really honest, after after two days, I turned off notifications on Strava. Because it was just, it wasn't helping me. I, I, I just, I was so proud of my Strava graphs recently. Finally, <laughs> finally, not that Patagonia, you know, the Patagonia yeah. being all jagged. Nice and smooth. And it's like, oh, that's sake. So I just had to turn them, I had to turn it off for a little while. I just kind of check in every day again because I was just get, just knew I'd, I'd push myself back too fast, just concentrating, concentrating, chasing the kids. Well, Sonia brought it up last week, didn't you, Sonia? That you know maybe when we feel this way about our graphs and data on Strava, that that's a sign that we're looking at it too much, and that the number one reason Sonia looks at it is to see the nice shape that she made on the map, and that really that's that, that's the fun of it. But I wonder, Neil, if maybe you were focusing a bit too much on these numbers 
and that uh, even though you are a man who loves data, that maybe the the positive that comes out of this is that you're not as focused on that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I have to not be because if I even remotely focus on it coming in the next two weeks, I'll dig myself into a hole. Mm. So kind of, I, it's definitely positive, but I'm going to have to very consciously work on it as well. Otherwise, it'll just snowball and I'll be goosed. Well, we we have. Yeah. The, I think yeah. Neil, when you start when you start back running, you definitely need to take it easy. I think that's kind of what a lot of people have said. I you know, mm. know a lot of athletes and you know of all levels now who've had COVID, and the kind of general thing that most people say is, you know, you just take it very easy on your way back, and and particularly you don't try to push it too hard with the with the harder sessions. Yeah, that you really have to ease back into it, and and probably you know even the distance stuff to go at maybe 80% at most um, on your way back and, you know, not feel like you have to do everything but just do what you can do and I suppose what gives you enough satisfaction that you feel like you're making a little bit of progress back again and you really don't want to go too far down the track at where you ideally want to be. Um, yeah, I think Because I think once you get through it and you get back running and feeling normal again, then it's pretty easy then to, to lock back into where you want to be. Just to flag it there, Sonia, we are getting a little bit of wind resistance there on the microphone. If you can at all uh, move or right. in some way to be away out of the wind. I interrupted you there, Neil, if you wanted to oh, come just, back in there. Just as Sonia was saying, the punch pair of the bike, actually, because I, I, would, I, I was planning on assume, just too easy running, maybe a few strides. That does get a bit monotonous. So I think actually I might just stick to the trails around here because you kind of go easy on those. Mm. And without, you can kind of, you all walk the hill, walk the steep parts, kind of not dig myself into a hole, and really yeah. kind of just just enjoy it rather than rather than going hard. Well, yeah, I, that that yeah. would make sense. That would be good. Yeah, Super. I definitely have experience of this, and I have to say that uh, in the Strava group, the Irishman Running Abroad Strava group, uh, a lot of these questions are answered in really great detail from people who have suffered from COVID. Sonia obviously still hasn't had it because, you know, she's Wonder Woman and uh, built out of steel. <laughs> I don't know what your constitution is, Sonia, but it does feel like you've navigated some bizarre obstacle course that everybody else has come a cropper on. Ashling, you had a question because we have the chance here now for you guys to just put your questions to Sonia. I believe you have a question about the tune-up race. Yeah, um, I was wondering, because you mentioned it last week, Jarlath, as well, but I was wondering if there's room in the planning the week after for a race. Um, I'm going on holidays and I spotted a 14K in my area <laughs> and where I'm going to be, and I was going to book that in, um, and I was just wondering if it would fit into the planning. What date is that? It's the 27th of July, so it's actually Wednesday the 27th. All right, yeah, yeah, no, we can fit something like that in, I think it it's a great idea to have a race. I think for anyone out there, you know, there's so many summer races on at the moment um, that, you know, if there's an opportunity like that arises, then definitely it's good to try and fit it in. Um, but if you do that, to you know, let us know so that we can move the days around. And then, because the thing is, you don't want to do a session on Tuesday and then go out and try and run a race on Wednesday. Yeah, it wouldn't really make sense. So you could just knock off the session Tuesday and the race then becomes your session um for for that week and you work everything else around it you might take an extra day and do the second session on friday or saturday can i pick you because that was on you would that yeah. race be 100 percent? would you just would you say race 100 percent of that or kind of do 10k steady in the last the last bit really hard or what would you think 
Um, I think if you're picking a race, then you might as well go for it, you know. Mm. Um, you know, this it's very hard to not run run a race and try and do a training effort in it. I mean, we try that sometimes in park run and it never really works out. Um, <laughs> unless you go really slow. And and then you totally you you just tuned out altogether. But I think if you sign up for a race, then it's a good opportunity to have a good like a what would you call it a, a run out I suppose or it just gives kind of blows the cobwebs out a bit and then you get a mark of where you're at and it may update you know your levels and the paces that you're running at it may give you you know a chance to update those times and then you can train at a higher level the following week very good well uh, next Saturday and Sunday I will be in Dublin for the Ivy Gardens Comedy Festival I'll be doing two shows on the 23rd and the 24th and I thought what the hell on the Saturday or on the Sunday I'll do the long run in the Phoenix Park and we've had a great take up on listeners who are going to pop down and do a meet at the little cafe there in uh, just next to the zoo I think we're going to meet there at 9 o'clock everyone's welcome come on down it is going to be a decent long run but at the same time you can clock off and decide I'm going to have a cappuccino instead halfway through and there will be no marks deducted for that Uh, uh, you have in the plan Sonia 12 to 14 miles which again made my eyes pop out of my head but uh, (laughs) the first time that we've mentioned numbers I think as in distance numbers yes time up until this point so uh, the half marathon is what is it 13.1 miles so we're right around that area now Mm. yeah so we're knocking on the door of um, covering the distance that we actually aim to be covering Fantastic. Well, in the second half of the show, Neil and Ashling are going to stick around and ask a few more questions of Sonia in relation to our half marathon training. We'll go around the parishes. We'll get the tip of the week from Sonia, which she's no doubt diligently prepared and isn't now scrambling to find <laughs> on the deck, on the windy deck that she's sitting on right now. The windy deck. Should I try and move somewhere while we're having a break? Will I? Maybe so. But uh, do come on over. Yeah and hear the rest of our conversation gain access to the episode notes and the full plan the full half marathon plan if you are an athlete of a decent level where you think I can do this I can train for this in five weeks we have five weeks to go to learn by this stage you should be registered for it come and join us over on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad one of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. 